The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California legislature. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about just a, uh, a change in the... Uh, leadership of one of my very favorite nonprofits, the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse. And we're going to be talking about this beautiful changeover with Beth Givens, who was the director of the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse for 26 years, and the wonderful new executive director also, um, Megan Land. We're going to be talking with both of them. I think they both walk on water, and I'm so excited to talk with them about what's happened in the past and what's going on now and in the future. And we all know that privacy is such an important issue. We've been seeing it on TV. We've been hearing it on the radio. We've been experiencing with all sorts of issues of our own on the internet with getting security breach notices and everything. So this is one of the most important nonprofits that I think in the world. And so let me first tell you about our guests. First, I'll start out with Beth Givens, who is was the founder and re- most recently the former executive director of the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, which is a San Diego-based nonprofit consumer organization, which was established in 1992. The Clearinghouse provides a wealth of practical information on how to provide uh, your privacy, how to safeguard your privacy, as well as lots of information about privacy laws and important critical current issues. In April, this very month, uh, 2018, Beth retired after leading the organization for nearly 26 years, and I know she's going to be doing some wonderful consulting to help them as they move on, because I know she can't stay away from this very important issue that's been in her heart for a long time, and I'm just excited to talk to you because I met her back in 1996, so I have known her for 22 years and have been... um, considering her a friend, a mentor, and uh, someone that I, I really love and admire. And then I was so lucky to also meet Megan Land, and Megan Land is the brand new 
Most recently, she was the associate director for the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, but now she is the brand new executive director. She was just um, named the executive director to, to succeed Beth as of April 16th. So she's a newbie, but not really entirely a newbie. She's been around. She has done wonderful work for them, and she is going to really take on this role in a perfect way. She works with the PRC team to raise awareness of privacy issues, provide valuable information to the public. She advocates for strong privacy protections, and now she will be the fearless leader. And Megan is also an attorney and a certified information privacy professional. So I am so excited to have you both on at once, and you're passing on the torch, Beth. So let's talk with you first, okay? Sure. Okay. So there's some big news at PRC. Tell us what's happening now. Well, what's happening is, uh, just as you've mentioned, I am um, retiring or I should say I am retired officially, and, and uh, I am continuing to advise the board and the new executive director uh, on an as-needed basis uh, with the lofty title of emeritus. Actually, just makes me feel kind of old, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm very glad to be able to continue a relationship with the organization because... Uh, it's been a long time, and I'm, you know, thinking back to 1992. Um, I, I actually don't know where these years have gone. <laughs> I know. Let's talk about how it gets started, because I remember you were just really, you know, you were three years or not quite three years into it when mm-hmm. I when I first met you, and you answered the phone yourself, and you you wore many many hats. So why don't you kind of tell us about the birth of the Privacy yeah. Rights Clearinghouse? Well, back in the uh, late 1980s and the early 1990s, the California Public Utilities Commission had a, a grant program based on a very large fine, even, even in today's standards, a very large fine against what was then known as Pacific Bell. And Pacific Bell uh, was caught red-handed um, uh, uh, engaging in what's called deceptive and unfair business practices. They were deceiving their customers, uh, and I won't go into the details, but with the fine, which was $16.5 million, they, fund, they funded consumer and community-based organizations throughout the state in what they called the Telecommunications Education Trust. And the whole idea was to get consumers to be more aware of the then new telecommunications environment in which what we used to call Ma Bell was split up into Baby Bells. Um, And the fact that because of that split up, consumers needed to know an awful lot more in order to be a a good customer, a good consumer, and not get ripped off. So we were funded by one of those uh, grants in uh, 1992, and and they continued to fund us till about 1996. Um, and then, you know, this was pre-internet for for the most part. We were we were printing by the thousands uh, consumer guides on a variety of of privacy issues, and we would send them out in the mail. Um, and but we started a very simple uh, website and launched it in 1996. So instead of being a California-specific um, program, we were instantly made into a national program as soon as our website was launched in in 96. 
And that's when I found you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thanks, I, thanks to the internet. Yes, exactly. That's right. I searched and found you on the internet. And in those years, that was the only place that had anything about identity theft and privacy. And that's when I had found out that I myself was a victim of identity theft. And that's when I found you guys and used your your help sheets and um, and then ended up you know collaborating with you on what I was learning so that we could update those help sheets. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we, it was a crazy time then, but but yeah. So what were some of the? I know that was when in the nineties is when identity theft started to rear right. its ugly head. But let's talk about some of the issues in the nineties. Yeah, the early issues, um, and people might find this a little amusing, uh, junk mail and telemarketing. Now, you, you know, we rarely get complaints about those two issues these days, but back then it was, it was a, you know, a very big part of our work. Also medical privacy, which has been like an, an evergreen, it's, it continues to be uh, an important issue for so many people. Um, but in about 1994 or so, we started hearing from individuals, and by the way, when I say hear from, I mean it was a hotline. We, we operated a telephone hotline. And by the way, we were at the University of San Diego Center for Public Interest Law back then, and so we, had, uh, we hired uh, law students, and uh, they were you know, on our hotline, and they did a terrific job. They helped us write our guides, and they answered calls from the public. Um, but we started hearing about, from people who were saying that somebody else was using their credit card, or somebody else had opened up a new credit card in their name, and what should they do? And that's when we realized that something was going on, and we gathered stories from people like you, and uh, and and we you know, there was no name for it at that time, and we decided to use identity theft, and that term has stuck. But we spent many many years, go all through the uh, the 90s, assisting victims of identity theft, and it was in 1999 that the Federal Trade Commission came on board with with their hotline and, and, you know, their identity theft assistance. Oh, yeah. And I remembered that the media was calling you so many times. And yes. a lot of times you referred them to me because they'd say, do you have a, a, you know, a victim who will speak to us? And you say, oh, do I have a victim for you? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that, that's right. And, uh, yeah, and I was so glad you were willing to do that because you probably know how the media works. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes there's no story unless there's a victim or a person who's been affected who can speak in the first person. Right. And so you did so much. And, and then you got, you know, you were on plenty of TV shows yourself being able to, you know, really bring this to the forefront. I mean, that was very, very important for the media to speak to you through the, you know, on TV, on radio, also in the print media. And I know you testified in Congress. You got me to testify. Right. And, and you testified in California. And you've done so much work. I mean, I know you're very, very modest. But I'm just going to tell my audience, she has done so much for privacy throughout these years. It is just such an honor and a privilege to know you and know all the wonderful work that you've done ethically, with dignity, and integrity. So I just want to make sure that people know that. So let's kind of talk with our with our new executive director over there, Megan. I know that that Beth has been a great mentor for you and you have just really blossomed on your own. So tell us about what the PRC is working on today. 
Yes, thanks, Mari. Beth has been a tremendous mentor, and Private Sharing House is just an incredible organization to be working with and privileged to work with for almost seven years now. I'm just um, going to ask you to put your your mouthpiece a little closer to your mouth, if you wouldn't okay. mind, okay? Okay, is that good? A little bit closer, and then like you oh, were no, before. I'm going to get really close again. Yeah, okay. that's perfect. Okay. So on the advocacy side of the world at PRC right now, we uh, are focused on, on you know, advocating for meaningful and enforceable privacy protections. Um, for instance, right now in California, we're advocating to make credit freezes more accessible for all Californians. Credit freezes actually happen to be one of the most single effective or the most single effective way to protect your identity, uh, but they can also be incredibly inconvenient. So we want credit freezes to be free and for individuals to actually be able to use them. We are also advocating for strong broadband privacy protections here in California right now. So we want consumers to be able to opt in for their ISPs, internet service providers, to be able to share their data with third parties. We believe individuals really deserve meaningful controls there. Okay. We're still having a little trouble hearing you. So, um, uh, so I pick up my my actual phone and talk? Well, that now you're sounding great. So, <laughs> so it weird. Might, yeah. I keep pushing it closer to me when you say that and then... Now it's great. Now it's great. Okay. Yeah. So what, so you know, uh, let's talk a little bit, Megan, about how you got into privacy because I think it's it's so important. We heard a little bit about the history of how Beth got into it and, and I know that she had been a librarian before and all these issues were very interesting to her. So how is it that you kind of got into privacy and into the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse? Yeah, I've always been fascinated with technology's effects on society. And actually what drives my passion for privacy specifically is just my my really deep concern about the gap between the public's expectations surrounding their privacy and then the privacy protections that are actually available to them under the law. And in the U.S., we know that that's not many. So after law school, I started working with an organization here in San Diego called New Media Rights that focuses on uh, kind of the other side, I guess, of, of technology law, copyright, trademark, and and in that work, I actually realized I was really, really interested in data and data, you know, how it's collected and processed and and then shared. So that that kind of led me to the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, which was actually just one room over from the organization I was working with. <laughs> not a big commute. <laughs> no, not not a big commute at all. I moved a few feet yeah. and stepped in an entirely new role. Yeah, yeah. So that must have been fun. I mean, especially walking into the private. So what year was that? That was 2010. And I came on board at Privacy Rights Clearinghouse in uh, March of 2011. Right. So it's been a while. So you've had a chance to really, you know, get your feet 
going in there, and I know I've seen you at uh, the International Association of Privacy Professionals. I know you became a certified privacy professional and that you have really, you know, taken the horn, you know, taken the horns and really gone with it. So that's wonderful. They're very lucky to have you. And I know having Beth as a mentor had to have been really incredible as well because she's been a mentor to me over the years too. Yes, Beth is a, a true pioneer in this world. I know, I know. So um, let's talk a little bit now about what makes the PRC unique. You know, there are are other privacy organizations around, and um, let's talk about what makes it unique. How is it different from, like, for example, EFF, Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EPIC, which is the Electronic Privacy Information Center in D.C.? What makes it different? Yeah, I'll 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 start on that one, um, Mari. Uh, we are one of the few. I guess we would use the word consumer facing. We're uh, an education and advocacy organization, and of course, we're a nonprofit. Um, but we we design our services um, and uh, and our website for consumers. We provide very practical information on how to safeguard privacy, and uh, they can communicate with us directly and, and we with them through uh, our, our website, through electronic mail, and by phone. So we, I, you know, it's probably a bit old-fashioned, but I do sometimes say that we're the dear Abby of privacy, and of course, I don't know how many people really know what that means, but it means that, you know, we, can, we, we take people's questions and complaints one by one, and we do our best to, to provide uh, troubleshooting tips and uh, what they can do and also what they can't do. It As, as uh, Megan mentioned, um, the, you know, we have kind of a patchwork of privacy laws in this country. We're not like the European Union. We're a lot, not like Canada that has an overarching data, uh, data protection law on the books. We don't. We've got a law here and a law there and big gaps in between where people have to basically uh, protect themselves. And, and I've, I'm fond of saying, or maybe I should say I'm not fond of saying, but to be your own privacy manager is a, is a very uh, heavy load. It, it's, you know, it's almost a full-time job to really uh, dig in and figure out where you're protected in law and where you're not. And that's where we come in. It's and daunting. I, yeah, I was going to say, it's just really daunting. Go ahead, Megan. <clears throat> oh, I would just love to add that that. PRC has a historical knowledge of this area that that I think makes us unique as well. And part of that comes from us being with the organization for 26 years. I just think that's very important. And also, I think that we're very unique because we work, as Beth said, to narrow the gap between the lack of knowledge that individuals have about their privacy protections and and the uh, the laws that are in place. So so PRC actually provides free information on this incredibly complex topic. And I think that's really important. Oh, and your fact sheets are so wonderful. I mean, I can't tell you how many times a month I send people to the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse whether they're calling me about employment privacy issues or, you know, background checks, or they're asking about, you know, many different medical privacy, you have the best 
consumer fact sheets that you update that has the law in it, but it's explained in very uh, simple, or I don't mean simple, but in very consumer-friendly ways that people can understand and they can look up things and they can link to other websites. It's just really a, a wonderful place for people to go for any privacy questions that they have, no matter where they are in the country, and especially in California. So Megan, you know, as you look at all that's done, you know, that's been done, and you kind of are taking the reins now. I mean, what do you think are really uh, the greatest accomplish- accomplishments? And then we'll ask Beth too. She might see it a little differently. But what do you see as kind of like as you have this helicopter view? I think that some of our greatest accomplishments are the resources that we have created on our website that are publicly available. But I also believe that our advocacy work has been um, instrumental in getting some major privacy protections passed, particularly in California. I know that Beth worked very hard to put identity theft protections in place and also really worked to coin the term identity theft. Um, Beth and Privacy Rights Clearinghouse worked incredibly hard back, especially 2003 seems to be kind of a a very important year for privacy in California because SB1 was passed that year, the California Data Breach Notification Law, and also the law allowing for security freezes for, um, for identity theft. I think it was identity theft victims at that time only, or was it wider than that? It was identity theft victims, uh, Megan. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. Those those uh, those laws come out of California, and I, in terms of the data breach notice law, which I think we almost take for granted these days, and also the ability to actually freeze your credit. Um, those laws have spread across the nation now. I think at this point, there's only one state that doesn't have a data breach notice law. Yeah, and that's Al- Alabama. And actually, I think that they may either have one in the works or have passed one in very recently. Yeah, and I know that, uh, Beth, you had, you know, I, you and I had testified together in the California legislature many times, and especially <laughs> I remember talking about it, that we needed a security uh, freeze because I couldn't stop my imposter with just a uh, fraud alert. So right. I remember that's when that was part of my testimony is that we needed a way to actually stop and, and freeze that credit report so that people couldn't get it without our permission. And that was, a, people don't realize how hard that was because the credit reporting agencies make a fortune selling our information. And so that stops them from getting a lot of uh, revenue is when we have security freezes on our credit reports. So um, that was, so what do you think, Beth? What are some of the accomplishments that, that you see? Well, I, I will follow on from what Megan said. Um, uh, I do think that the work we did in identity theft in, in the 90s uh, and the early 2000s was, uh, uh, was, was so important. And also the, the fact that, you know, there are a number of, of bills that became law in, in the area of identity theft um, during that time. And, and as I mentioned before, laws that have spread to other states. So that's, that's always important. Um, 
and we you know we continue to have a presence in in the California state legislature i we've we've made the conscious choice to to not be very active uh, uh, in Congress and, and in the Senate because, well, a couple of reasons. We have some wonderful colleagues and organizations based in Washington, D.C. Uh, they're on the ground there. We support them, you know, through uh, signing on to letters and, and uh, taking part in, in coalition telephone calls where we strategize. But we feel that, you know, being here on the ground in California uh, is so important because it's, you know, it's a, it's a trend-setting state. It's a precedent-setting state. It has been in terms of privacy anyway since since the early 1970s when you know the privacy became a part of the, the California Constitution um, and uh, so you know we're we're sometimes people wonder why are you in San Diego what what you're doing you should be either in Sacramento or, or even more uh, more importantly in Washington D.C. and we just tell them that that California is right there. Uh, has has been doing really great work in privacy protection and privacy law for decades now, and it just makes sense for us to be doing our work here. And we had some great uh, senators that were really supportive, um, you know, in the '90s as well. That we yes, don't necessarily we, did. we were really lucky at that time. So we were, and, yeah. In fact, one of them. Um, uh, state State Senator uh, Jackie Spear is now in Congress, and that, she continues yeah. she continues to do excellent work in Congress on yeah. on a variety of issues. Exactly. Well, we just have a few minutes left. We have three minutes left. Uh, let's talk a little bit, Megan, about now that you've taken the reins. What are some of your hopes and desires for the future for the PRC? I really hope to build upon the legacy that Beth has worked so hard to build over the years. I also think that PRC has an incredibly significant role to play in raising public awareness about this issue, providing valuable information for free, listening to people's stories. I think that's very important because we actually learn from their experiences and then also advocating for strong privacy protections, uh, primarily in California, but across the U.S. as well. Yeah, and I'm and I'm thinking about all of the new things that are coming up. You know, artificial intelligence. You know, which is huge. And, and we heard just recently when Mark Zuckerberg was talking about, you know, AI and how that's going to be used to protect privacy. But there's you know a lot of issues with that too. So I think you're going to have your work cut out for you, <laughs> don't I you? Do. Yes, you can actually use that information to make decisions about people as well. And and then it's more difficult for you know, those individuals to know why a decision was made or to correct potentially inaccurate information about them. So we, we definitely have our work cut out for us there. I know. And, and things like the biometrics, you know, now I have that, um, you know, I have the iPhone 10, so I can open my phone by just looking at my phone. And then I wonder about... Where is this information? Where where can it be used? Where can it be seen again? You know, so for years we've been Beth and I have talked about the scariness of biometric information. So that's going to be a another huge issue that you're going to have to grapple with, right? Yes, that's incredibly sensitive information, and right now, actually, we are seeing. Uh, we're seeing pushes to weaken biometric laws that have historically been very strong, um, particularly one that comes to mind is uh, 
a biometric law in Illinois. So we we will be fighting for strong biometric privacy protections as well. Right. Well, I know that you are going to continue to do great work, and I know that Beth is going to be a little angel on your shoulder helping you whenever you need it. And um, I, we are just out of time. So let's make sure that we give your website, and then it's going to be time to go, okay? Thank you, Mari. Our website is privacyright.org, and we have many educational resources there. Also, as advocates for the public, we really do rely on individual stories, so we encourage people to share both positive and negative privacy-related experiences with us. So please visit our website. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Megan. And thank Megan Land. Congratulations on your new wonderful leadership. And uh, thank you and congratulations, Beth, for 26 years of just outstanding, wonderful work. We, we love you both. And we will have you back again, okay? Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Mari. Thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at privacypiracy.org. Thanks. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.